welcome to another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. Thanks for joining in today with Dude and, surprise, surprise, Tyler Schaefer. Today they're going to talk about E.H. Taylor, single barrel versus small batch. So kick back, have a pour, put up your feet, and listen in. So welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Hunters. I am Dude Pool. I'm Tyler Schaefer. Damn it, you are just on direct. You're already you're already distracted by your phone, aren't you? So uh, no, no, you're. I think you're. I think your uh, your internet's bad and it's lagging. It's not my internet. I've got like 150 uh, mm-hmm. down, man. No, well, I got 151. So, so. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um. So. There's been some news coming out of Kentucky this this uh, in the last week or so, and one of those uh, is that um, they have voted a, I guess, a law to go where bourbon distilleries are possibly going to be able to offer online whiskey shipping, um, or shopping, I should say, which means they can then mail it. Um, now I they- wonder... So what that, how messed up is that going to make everything? Well, I don't know. I mean, obviously the distilleries only have the ability to, you know, ship what they have in in their store. So yeah, they can't ship directly from the distillery. I don't believe. I think they'd have to ship from their actual retail store. So that being yep. said, I think you know, just like the, the regular laws that separate their distilleries from their retail shops, um, I think would still apply. Now where this doesn't help Ohio is they're only allowed to ship to states that are reciprocal. So they can't do a state like Ohio. They can't ship to Ohio because we don't allow shipping in, in uh, of liquor. So they can ship to, they can ship to Kentucky. Unless they change that. Well, right. They would have to change it. Um, now Kentucky already had the rule where if you shipped, if you went on a visit to Kentucky and did a distillery tour, you could ship from that distillery tour to your home address in Kentucky. So they already had that rule. Hmm. So this is a continuation or a, or a building of uh, that law. So it's kind of nice for the people in Kentucky. Um, and it's good for any state that allows for liquor shipping. Um, again, Ohio is not one of those states. That doesn't really help us out. It's the only problem with that. Um, there's only a handful of states and the District of Columbia at this point that allow for that. Um, so I, I don't know what the full listing of states are, but uh, either way, it can't be done through the post office. It's got to be done through UPS or FedEx. So that's that's kind of an interesting um, story coming out of Kentucky, which I think is pretty cool. And hopefully, you know, uh, leads, like you said, to a similar law in Ohio. Yeah. That would be kind of nice. You know, that would make our hunting a lot easier. That's for sure. Take a little bit of the fun out of it, but it definitely would well, make it easier. What what I um, what I wonder is how that how that affects everything when like if they put something rare out, you know, they put bands out. Like uh, it'll be like buying tickets to a concert, in my opinion. I mean, you're going to be people are going to be sitting on their waiting computers, with refreshing, 30, refreshing. People. Yeah, exactly. And you just happen to get that token on your on your computer. 
where you're the one who gets in and has it in your shopping cart or sees that it's in quantity, you know, then, then you get a chance to buy it. It's going to be nuts. I mean, it definitely is. It's going to be crazy. And if yeah. they're smart, they'll, you know, they'll, uh, limit the online orders so that people that go to the store get, you know, priority. That would be my opinion, but, yeah. or maybe they won't even let the, the rare stuff be available on the internet. Maybe they'll only, yeah. you know, that'd be another way to do it possibly. Who knows? But, We'll see. One, well, we won't see. The only see. thing that, like... <laughs> Ohio. Buffalo Trace was limiting based off of your driver's license, so I'm sure they would do the same thing. Oh, yeah. You know, they would get on there, you'd have to put in your driver's license, obviously, or your email your address e or something. Or well, email yeah, address. something like that, yeah. I think that they would have to do driver's license because, they one, they have to know how old you are purchasing alcohol. You're not just shipping to, you're not some 16 year old shipping to your <laughs> booze to yourself. Um, but also limiting who purchases them, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, they'll, they'll figure something out, I'm sure. I'm sure just like any of the liquor stores that do shipping now, they have to do some sort of verification as yeah. well. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I would think something, you know, uh, will have to be up for sure. Um, so let's, let's get right into this. Um, we have a couple of, uh, bourbons that we're going to try out today. We're doing the E.H. Taylor single barrel and small batch today. Um, which one did you want to start with? Did you want to start with the uh, single barrel? Yeah, let's start with the single barrel. That's what I was thinking too. So the, both of these are 100 proof. Um, they're both bottled in bond, which, uh, you know, so we shouldn't get much difference on the alcohol content. I mean, there will be no difference technically. Um, so I've got mine uh, already poured out for my single barrel. I have not poured out my small batch. So um, just wait on you for that. I've not poured out the small, so. I, I haven't either. I've only poured barrel. out the single. I've got the small open, but I don't have it uh, poured yet. So you've got your single barrel? Yeah, are you going to let it air out for a minute and we can chat about something? I've had my single barrel in the glass for about 10 minutes now. So, oh, damn you. But I, that's fine. Damn we can you. keep talking. We can keep talking. So and, uh, uh, I, I don't know if you've been paying attention. Um, I follow the Whiskey Wash website, which is kind of a cool little uh, website. Um, but apparently there is a an article out there that says, science says you shouldn't drink your whiskey neat. So it's actually a video. But uh, okay. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. I was going to, but then you, I had to help troubleshoot your uh, your Zoom capabilities. So I didn't get a chance to watch it. But I thought that would be interesting. It's it's on Whiskey Wash. Um, you know, it says, uh, is it really the best way to, to drink your whiskey? And I think what they're going to say, it's not like a health thing. I think it's probably from a flavor thing. There's probably There's probably something about having a little bit of a cooling to it and maybe a little bit of melted ice into it or something that'll probably add a little bit of flavor or open it up a little bit, I'm sure is what they're going to say. That would be my guess anyway. Yeah. So while we're waiting on this uh, bourbon to uh, get to... First off, I will say, I want to I lead off by saying the tortilla food truck came to my neighborhood today. That's They were cool. here four to seven. Some, uh, I, I think someone, it was set up um, and spread through the neighborhood Facebook group. But I think someone that lives here set it up. That's cool. They're here four to seven. Um, when I went there, there wasn't anyone in line. And they're basically, they set these chairs up six feet apart. And you had to like stand behind the chair. 
um, for people and someone just posted a, a, a photo of like the line, like, you know, 10 people deep, but you can also place your order online and then walk up and grab it. But I, I heard that that was like getting crashed with the amount of order. They basically halted oh, wow. online orders Jeez. Um, because they had so many. So I think it would be incredible if they could basically get a food truck every single week, a different one or the same one a day of the week, and they park out there. That would be that's pretty neat. I mean, with awesome. the stay-at-home order that we have, apparently uh, DeWine just announced it's going to go in all the way till May 1st now. I don't know if you saw that. Um, yeah. So, you know. But that was, oh, the stay-at-home order is till May 1st. Yeah. I did not see that. Well, I know we had the uh, the federal one that April 30th for, extend, yeah. yeah. For social distancing. Our stay-at-home yeah. order in Ohio now is May 1st. Uh, DeWine just announced that. It was originally, I think, April 6th. Wow. So that's quite the uh, change. Now, it's interesting because some of the stuff I've been seeing has been saying all we're doing is delaying the spike. The spike's going to happen regardless. And I don't think people realize that. I think I I see a ton of people on Facebook saying, oh, yeah, you know, eradicate this. Stay home. I'm like, you're not eradicating it by staying home. You're just delaying the spike. And all that delay is doing is buying time for these hospitals to staff up and to supply up and to, you know, get extra beds and things like that. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't know, truly. um, You know, there's been a lot of talk about. Might actually go until the middle of June, which would just be nuts. Well, did you see the New York uh, Times online uh, virtual? It was basically a an interactive chart that showed the spike, and it yeah. showed uh, you could slide across on a little bar how long the stay at home order would be, and you could slide it from two weeks all the way out to two months. And what it did is it showed how the spike basically went from a spike to a nice little level kind of small uh, hill, if you will. But what, yeah. what they didn't show people is they cut it off at October. And if you, <laughs> if you uh, moved it out to a two-month um, stay at home, then it looked like a real nice, smooth, you know, whatever. But what they didn't show people is as soon as middle of October hit, that same spike happens. The one that was supposed to happen in April now happens in October. Now, granted, that buys us a whole bunch of time. Don't get me wrong. So that's awesome. That could save a ton of lives possibly. Um, But but all these people, I think, are thinking, you know, regular people that are just not really paying attention and and reading up on this stuff are thinking that I think by... It just goes away. That it goes away. And that's not what happens. The spike's happening regardless. It's going to happen. But that buys us time for vaccines. That buys us time to figure out better treatments, more supplies. Here's the cool thing I saw from Minnesota as well is they're developed. They're they're trying based off antibodies to develop a test. No, I think uh, I I thought it was the University of Minnesota. Could be Um, Mayo Clinic's in Minnesota. That's why I was wondering. Yeah, but I thought it it might have been University of Minnesota. So, but what they are developing a test based off of antibodies is if you actually already had it. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's how you almost but, have to do but it. But that doesn't. You but, have to have had yeah. it and then recovered, and then your your body has antibodies, and they and then they look at those people. That's a big, that's a big way to yeah. determine the antibodies or find the antibodies yeah. or whatever they do. Um, yep. It's kind of like. But I don't know. Can you can you catch it a second time? 
Also, supposedly reinfection hasn't been happening. That's from what I, and again, I'm not a doctor. This is what I've been reading from different reports. And the stuff we read three weeks ago was completely different than the stuff we're reading today. So who knows? Yeah. By the time you listen to this, it might've changed as well. Also, here's the other thing is how long can you be an asymptomatic or just a carrier in general? So I think the virus stay in your body for, I think it stays in your body. And, and so I've read different reports. One that says that you're just as contagious when you're asymptomatic. Another one I read said you're not as symptomatic or you're not as contagious when you're asymptomatic. Now, the other thing is, is that from what I understand, when you're asymptomatic, your body's still fighting it off and you're, you're, you're just shortening, I think, the uh, recovery time. So instead of it being like a two to four week recovery time, if you recover, I think it's, you know, more like a week and a half to two weeks or something like that. And again, I, I don't know for sure, but the way I understand it is asymptomatic means your body handles it better. And, you know, whether it's you're, you're a healthier person or you have a stronger immune system or whatever the case may be. And I think that your recovery time is a lot smaller, meaning yeah. take, it takes you less time to recover. It's pretty crazy. I, this whole thing is just nuts. We've never seen anything like this in my lifetime, and my parents haven't either. I mean, closest I think anyone's seen to stuff like this is, you know, world wars and Spanish stuff. Spanish flu. But, yeah, well, wars. Spanish flu, but I don't think they ever had a stay-at-home order in the Spanish flu. They just didn't know. What What I find interesting is Brazil and Sweden are not doing stay-at-home orders. They're not doing social distancing. They're just letting the thing run its course. Now, Sweden may have a better health system. They may have a better infrastructure for health and be able to handle it better. But they're seeing a, le- a smaller mortality rate with no stay-at-home order. So not than us, but uh, than the national, than the world average, I should say. Yeah. I think the world average, which is another conversation, don't get me started on, is like five percent mortality rate. They're at like a four point one, and they're yeah, not doing actually, any social distancing or anything like that. Yeah, I think ours is down quite a bit too. Well, ours is like a two point one or something. I think if I, yeah, nationally. and that's and, that's up and in Ohio, that's up. Yeah, it is. Well, we just had to, I think we announced 750 deaths today, which is our highest number ever they so far. So are like 40 or 50,000 cases a day. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing too. Um I guess I was I was this is another thing I was reading is they say the flu is a 0.1, not 1%, but 0.1% mortality rate. If they were to do the yeah. numbers for the flu the same way they do for the coronavirus, the mortality rate of the flu would be 10%. Because with, So what are they going off of? So with is it with coronavirus, of they, ICU? No, so with coronavirus they do it off of confirmed cases. If they did that with the flu, it would be a 10% mortality rate. The flu, they factor in their own algorithms of what they think how many people have had it. Not confirmed cases, but their guesstimate, basically. So the 0.1% mortality rate of the flu is not accurate. Or, I mean, it yeah, might yeah. be, but it's it's scientifically, you know, it's a scientific guess. But I, there's no way it can be accurate because it's not from confirmed yeah. cases. But based off of, I mean, they have, U.S. has 30,000 new cases, I think, based off of today. All right, so let's get into this. Uh, let's get into this real quick. You've had some time for it to air out. Um, so for me, I, I catch the caramel. I catch. I don't know. It's like a sugar cookie or something I, to me. Um, it's um, like an a- apple cinnamon to me. Oh yeah, I like that. That's nice. I don't. I don't get like that. An that's apple kind, pie. That's kind of cool. Yeah. 
Um, what I thought was really interesting about this is when I so accidentally um, had a little drip down the side of my, my bottle, so I grabbed it with my finger and put it in my mouth. And that immediate uh, reaction I had was the smell I got when I walked into the uh, the OFC um, Rick House at Buffalo Trace. Yeah. It was huh. like it took me back there immediately. It was the coolest thing. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Like, what? oh, that's that's the Rick House. And like, you know, that smell, as soon as you walk in the Rick House, it overwhelms you. It's an amazing oh, smell. Yeah. And I, I got that as soon as I like grabbed it off my finger and put it in my mouth. So I would, I didn't want to waste the drop, you know? So, so that was kind of interesting. Yep. But I'm definitely getting, um, I, I'm getting the vanilla that you always get. But to me, uh, caramel a little bit. And, I don't know. I don't. I'm not getting anything else. Like I'm not getting like leather or, any, or anything. You're like not that. getting an apple. Maybe. I don't know. No, I don't think so. But of course, you know, I just worked out a couple minutes ago, so I, I'm I'm a little stuffy from you know the being outside working out then coming inside. So that I may sure. not have the best uh, nose right now. So I'm gonna take a drink of this. What do you get on this? So I'm getting, um, I don't know. I, honestly, I, I feel like I can get some of the fruit. For me to pinpoint. Some of the fruit that you kind of mentioned, I feel like I'm getting. Um, I don't think it's apple, though. Not real sure what it is. Um, but I am getting a little bit of a fruit. It's almost like a, um, not a light fruit, but like a, a heavy fruit, like a dark fruit or something. Um, like a grape? Maybe, but not even more than that. Like, uh, what's the what do grapes become? Um, not raisins, like Grape a prune, juice? like a prune. Maybe more like a prune. <laughs> I really like it, but I can't really pinpoint it right now. Yeah, I can't either. I do like it a lot, but I, I do get a citrusy kind of aftertaste though, which is weird. Um, and the the um, I don't feel like the finish is very strong. But it's a good finish. Nope. It's a good finish. Um, I wouldn't call it balanced because I do get a little bit of a spice on the tongue. Yeah. But I I do I do like it. It's a good finish. It's not super long. What's the mash what's the mash bill? I don't know that they publish their mash bill either. That's the other thing. Um they they'll tell you like which one it comes from. Like sour yeah. mash one or you know, or two or whatever. They they have them named. Um, yeah, it says they don't disclose their exact mash bills. We know they have two different rye mash bills. One is a low rye and one is a is high rye. The, uh, but there is a rye in this one, right? Yeah, yeah. This is not a this is not a weeded. So their wellers are the weededs, and their pappies are the weededs. So you're you're going to have a rye, and that's probably where the spice is coming from on these, in my guess. Um, but yeah, I like that they're both, both of these are bottled in bond. So that's going to be interesting to see the difference. So they're at least four years um, and they're all, they're both a hundred proof. So that'll be a pretty good comparison. You know how they, the expression they're trying to aim for with their small batch versus what they get out of their single barrels. So that'll yeah. be kind of neat to see. Did they, do they, did they let us know how long they had them? Sure. How long they were aged for? Is that what you yeah, asked? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, sometimes, I mean, so since it's bottled and bond, it has to be four years. I don't see anywhere on the bottle that tells you how long it's been aged for. Um, 
Let's see here. So, yeah, it doesn't say on this one. Uh, distilled, aged, and bottled. No, it just says. Yeah, it just says bottled and bond, which means four years. So, at least four years. Nice. So, so yeah, I mean, for me, and I mean, I, obviously, to me, for the pricing, these are um are you doing more single barrel you going no i'm going i'm pouring out some small batch just so i can uh, have a chance to sit there while we talk um but for me the the good thing about this is that um i think the the small batch is you know truly a small batch because it's bottled in bond so part of the definition of being bottled in bond is that it's going to come from the same uh season and uh the same like batch or whatever so, um, you know, a lot of times small batch has lost its meaning. I feel like it's not necessarily a real meaning, um, because anyone can just cut, there's no legal definition for small batch, but bottled and bond, I feel like by definition makes it kind of a small batch. Yeah. So. Oh, that's a good one. So, um, if you get a chance, like I was talking about, look at the, uh, it's called Whiskey Neat Might Be Beat. And it's science says you shouldn't drink your whiskey neat. So that's an interesting, I thought that would be cool to check out. A um, couple other things I thought that were kind of neat uh, in the news right now, um, you know, in the, uh, just in the bourbon news is how the distilleries right now are pumping out a ton of uh, hand um, sanitizer. Sanitizer, yep. I think that's really cool. I mean... And and again, you know, you're seeing all these companies come together. You saw the My Pillow guys pumping out masks. You see, you know, GM and Ford are told to try to make ventilators and different things like that. And then you've got, yep. you know, the bourbon companies making hand sanitizer because there's a shortage. I just think that's really cool how they're all kind of pulling together and trying to make supplies. And again, prepare for, you know, where that spike does happen. And if we can get that spike to actually you know, occur three months from now as a, or four months from now or five months from now, as opposed to in April or May, then, yep. you know, I think that means they're doing a decent job of, of, uh, giving us time, basically just buying time. So I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, th this has just been pretty crazy. Like what's your job been last time we talked, you were working a little bit. Are you still working at all? No, no. This week, last, last Friday was my last day. So, so are you applying for um, unemployment, or are they trying to do something yeah. for you, or what are you doing? Yeah, uh, I already did that. How have you found um, that? Uh, was it pretty easy to set up? Jillian did it for me. <laughs> I think it was one. <laughs> Here's my surprise. Well, face. it was one of the one of the days that she was home and I was working. I just said, "Hey, yeah. will you go on and, oh, that's and cool. file my yeah. stuff for me?" Um, she's already gotten. Has that been, do you guys feel like that's going to be pretty helpful then? I mean. Yeah. Um, I think it will be more helpful once the additional 600 a week comes in. Have you also qualified, have you also done your taxes for this year, for last year? Yeah, yeah, we did that. And like, did you, you set it up as married, I'm assuming? So we, you'll also get a stimulus check then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. So you'll have the little extra as well. Yeah, it was, yeah. it's interesting. I mean, I, I feel like they're doing as much as they can. I know you're start, still getting some partisan BS between some of the 
you know, politicians and stuff, but I feel like everyone's doing as much as they can. Um, it seems yeah. like a lot of stuff's going in the right direction, even though you're still getting some bickering here and there, which is just <sighs> sad to see. Um, but at the same time, it, it stuff like this that always pulls the company to, or company, the country together, you know, it's kind of yeah. neat. Like my, my company has been doing these virtual happy hours on Fridays at four 30. So we've been yeah. getting on zoom and, and everyone's getting a drink. We're toasting and, and just kind of staying face to face more. We use zoom every day. So this zoom stuff that everyone's experiencing right now is not new for me, but what yeah. is new is the trend going into this was no one did video. No one was doing video in their zooms. They were all just kind of, um, doing the audio portion and then they would use zoom to share content if they had to share something. So it was kind of neat. Um, that now that everyone is in this whole predicament, everyone wants to see faces, you know? Oh, so yeah. it, it's kind of a neat, uh, it's kind of a neat thing in my opinion to see what's happening with everyone. You know, everyone's I'm, I'm talking to customers who have no problem just being in a zoom call on video with a t-shirt on someone who had a George Clinton uh, t-shirt on the other day in a, in a business meeting. And it was a customer of ours. It wasn't, you know, someone in my company. So it was just kind of yeah, funny. Yeah. yeah. It was just interesting. Just seeing what that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, that a big space for you too. Yeah. I mean, so my company does streaming video and, uh, that's considered almost like an essential business because it enables people to work from home. We're late. We're sure. enabling companies to provide, um, you know, messaging out to their employees from their, you know, higher ups, their managers, their C-level directors and stuff like that, CEOs and CFOs and stuff like that. So, we're seeing a huge boom in business. I mean, it's crazy right now. We've seen a 30% uptick in, in just our online uh, or cloud-based platform. And then we have an on-prem, which we can't track because it's in their network. We don't know, we don't monitor it. They control it themselves. Um, but our cloud-based platform, we're seeing a 30% uptick. And that, I think that went up tremendously today. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if today it jumped up to 60% increase because we've had... What was the difference? Just everyone's working from home. So they're trying to get you know, information out to everyone. And yeah. so like we've heard reports of people's phone uh, bridges that they use on a daily basis are now maxed out. They can't use them. Uh, like even Zoom, if you look at a Zoom meeting, if you're used to using Zoom, they have like 10 call-in numbers, whereas before they had like three because I oh, think really? everyone's jamming up the lines. And the, the the participant codes used to be like two or three digits. Now they're six digits. Like it's it's because everyone's jumping into Zoom meetings. It's It's gone through the roof here. So, so what I was going to ask you, would Zoom be a customer of you, yours? Like, could they be a potential they're, they're, customer? No, they're a partner of ours. They would just use their own software for their stuff, but they're a partner of ours. We use them and they use us. So like, we're kind of like a, a way for them to reach a whole bunch of passive participants, people that aren't actually participating through video or, or sharing information. Um, so we can then send out more like a YouTube video that people just watch. They don't interact with and see the result of this, you know, presentation basically. Gotcha. So gotcha. it's pretty cool. Um, but it, I mean, cool. I've been working, it, it's nuts. Like normally I have a little bit of time to goof off throughout the day. Like I'll, you know, have an hour lunch most days. That's not happening nearly as much right now. Um, I, I'm getting like, I'm either eating through or, you know, working through my lunch, eating while I'm on a call, or I'm not getting, you know, but maybe 15 minutes to sit and have lunch. So 
Uh, and then I would have an hour break here and there sometimes so I could get some work done. Right now, like I've got reports and stuff that I'm supposed to be doing. I haven't had a chance to do them. It's, it's been crazy. Yeah. You know, what's, what's going to be nuts is after this, I think, because I think that they're going to, they're going to, people are going to realize like our don't need to work from the office five days a week. I mean, maybe go down to where you have two, three, and then you have like almost like shared community computers or, or spaces. Everyone is given a laptop. They work from home um, or they can connect that all their stuff to their laptop. Um, But when they come in, you don't have like a designated desk area or, uh, or space and that's spread out. So whereas you can have a smaller space and you have people that come in one week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. And then the next week it's, you know, you're basically allowing, you know, maybe allowing a company that has like 500 employees to find a real estate spot for 200 and kind of just alter, alter that, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and what's funny is we're seeing a lot of our customers right now say similar things. Like they're saying, look, when this ends, people may not be coming back to the office. We might just continue this work from home because, it, you know, some people aren't going to want to come to the office. So I think this is setting up a lot of companies to give their employees the option to work from home. Yeah. And so the social distancing thing, I, I think it's got people scared. I think people are realizing, hey, we're dumbasses. We should have been washing our hands more. We should have been yeah. touching our faces less. We should have been you know, doing all these things and being a little more careful because we're just basically dirt balls. I mean, seriously, we are. We're a bunch of dirt balls. And I think people are starting to realize that, hey, we don't want to be around these disgusting people. Have you ever walked into a freaking break room? In a company, you know, like they're disgusting. There's food, there's stains. It's just, it gets clean maybe people at the end of the day. Dirty. Oh, that's what I'm saying. They're dirt balls. And, and I think people are even dirtier. Like, what, what's crazy is like, I can understand the type of human you are at home. Yeah. But me in the gym setting, dude, I like, I walk around and every morning and I'll, and I'll, like a 70,000 square foot place and you're basically just picking up people's plastic water bottles and paper towels and and all sorts of shit that you're just like are are you a fucking five-year-old kid that i oh it's i bet it's ridiculous it's got to be horrible same thing yeah same thing at our gym like you've seen endeavor at the end of the night there's like water bottles and gatorade bottles and and just trash sitting around where people just left and didn't pick up their stuff. And, you know, I know that most of them would normally do it, but they just don't. I mean. Oh, yeah. People are just disgusting. And and they have no self-awareness of, like, surroundings or what they're doing. Like, Oh, yeah. You see that in stores, too, like grocery stores in the mall. Yeah. Where people just, they'll just walk right into you because they have no idea what's going on or no concept of personal space. And then, you know, the other, like at home, you're in your own filth. So big deal, you know? I mean, obviously, you don't want to be a pig, have a pigsty at home. But if you do, so what? It's your own germs. It's your own. It's not that big a deal. But when you're in a public space like that, you're just sharing everyone's germs. And while sure, there's probably an argument to be made that that just helps strengthen your immune system a little bit, you know, at the same time, 
if someone's walking around with some communicable disease, I mean, <laughs> and then they're touching everything and not cleaning themselves. And I mean, you're just spreading that to whoever. So, I mean, I, so I finally found the single barrel is rumored to be seven to 12 years old. And the small batch is rumored to be, uh, over seven years old. Gotcha. So, okay. Okay. um, and MSRP for the single batch is $20 more than the small batch. So for me, when we do a comparison like this, is it'll be okay one is the single barrel better than the small batch and two is the single barrel better enough than the small batch to warrant twenty dollars more yeah and that's the only thing i can say is is in my experience is from single barrel to single barrel obviously if they're from the same batch you should get the same expression but from single barrel to single barrel you could have a completely different uh experience with small batches, generally you're aiming for the same experience every time. And they can generally yeah. get that and tune it in pretty well. So, you know, not 100% sure that that's the case with the H. Taylor. I haven't had enough of it. I've only had, I think, two or three bottles of small batch. And I just opened this one. So we'll find out in just a second. But what's your, uh, what's your nose on this one, the small batch? Uh, very, very similar. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, technically it probably should be. Um, but I mean, you, you think that with a small batch, they might get a little bit of a different expression out of it. Sure. To me, I feel like this one hit my nose a little more and it might just be because I've come down from my workout now. So that might not be accurate. Uh, so I'm, I'm the opposite, like similar things, but it's, it's hitting the nose less. Really? Okay. So for me, and, and just for those of you at home, I, he actually, um, has a sample of my single barrel. Uh, so we're tasting so the, the same, same single, single barrel. barrel. Yeah small batch yeah. were from different bottles um but the single barrel is from the same bottle so um yeah i, I and you're probably right i'm sure it's me my nose isn't nearly as stuffed up as it was when we first started yeah but yeah. i am catching a little bit more of the the fruit and the nose that you talked about last time but this time i'm picking up a little bit more of a i don't know like a copper smell maybe like almost like a penny do you get anything like that? Well, the proof is. What's the proof on the? Uh, they're both a hundred. They're both a hundred. Really? Both, yeah, they're both bottled in bond. Yep. So I'm gonna go ahead and take a taste here of this real small. quick. Oh, okay. And this might be because my nose has opened up a little bit more, but I'm getting butterscotch on this one right away. And then I've got. Yes. Good call there. Um, and I think it is prunes. I think it is prunes that I was tasting on the other one, on this one. And I'm going to have to go back to the other one now that my nose has opened up and taste it and see if, and do another side-by-side -side comparison, see if they, uh, without rinsing my palate, just to kind of. So, I like this one. I mean, I like them this both. Is, this has grown on me, but I, I still think this single barrel is fantastic overall. I would not say that E.H. Taylor small batch is my favorite. But what about single? Like, but single barrel is. I I do like the single barrel, but there's just something the way that this tastes. I think it's the finish of which one, the small batch, of the small batch that I'm just like. So I just had another, oh, wow. Maybe it's okay. the rye. Maybe it's the rye. So I, I just went back to the single barrel, and all the flavors are a little richer to me now, especially comparing it to the small batch. 
Did I say I went back to the single barrel? That's what I, I went back to the single barrel and I feel like the flavors are a little richer now than the small batch. And I think my nose opened up and I think that's helping me out here. So, yeah. Now here's, here's the big question. I, I think I like the single barrel better. What do you think? I, I like the single barrel better. So let's sure. talk about this then. What do you think about the price? Do you think the price is $20 better? What's, what's the retail? 60 for the single barrel, 40 for the small batch. Um, yeah, I mean, for a $60 bottle. Okay, like, so, I, so let's I look at this. You like Blanton's. It's 56 or 55 or something like that. This is five dollars more. Is better, Blends is better. Now, I will say, I happened upon this single barrel when I first started out in this whole thing. It just, I just bought it. Didn't even realize that it was a single barrel. I just saw that it was E. H. Taylor, and I'm going to oh, say, yeah. and I'm going to be uh, upfront. I had no idea there was a difference at the beginning when I first started buying this yeah. stuff. I was just picking up anything I saw that was different and and that was allocated because I knew at le- I at least knew the allocated stuff was in front of the register when i would go in yeah and i didn't know i knew eh taylor was supposed to be really good but i didn't know there was a small batch i didn't know there was a single barrel i didn't know there was and at the time i I don't think there was a barrel proof yet there might have been um Uh and i i didn't i'd never heard of the uh amrith of the gods whatever it is and i'd never heard of the uh tornado tornado survivor or whatever the hell it was called i I hadn't heard of those yet i just had heard of eh taylor so uh-huh. I went and bought an E.H. Taylor, and you remember my rule was I wouldn't open one until I bought a second one at first. That was my original rule. And so when I went and bought the second one of this one, it happened to be a single barrel, and I didn't know that. So I got home, and I looked, and I was like, oh, I have a single barrel and a small batch. I didn't realize I had one yeah. of each. So it was kind yeah. of accidental, and it was back in my bourbon hunting youth, if you will. So yeah. bourbon hunting youth. <laughs> All right, so uh, I think that's, you know, my my big thing on this one is I could spend $60 on the, on the single barrel, and I could spend yeah. $40 on the small batch. I think they're both as good as their their price. I don't, I don't know what you think, but I think they're both pretty decently priced for their flavor. I, I think you're getting a little bit of a better deal on the small batch just because I think it's not that much different than the single barrel, and it's $20 cheaper. Sure. I will, I will say that, but... I'm just not that big of a fan of the small batch. Point in, point in case, case why I'm only I have no point in case. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I say it how I want. It, yeah, dude. it's. Yeah. I have two bottles of this. One is unopened, and the other is that much drink. So yeah. Well, I just opened up the uh, single barrel tonight, and I just opened up the uh, small batch. So that single barrel is going to get fucking great as it airs out maybe we'll see ages and i keep it up i keep it in a dark uh i keep it in a dark area too so it's not going to get any sunlight or anything um so have you been paying attention to um what buffalo trace has been doing like their uh their social media stuff they've been doing these little trivia and and virtual tours on instagram and uh, stuff like that have you seen that no but you should uh repost that stuff well, I'm going to now that you mentioned it. I'm going to start doing that stuff. But what I thought was pretty cool is they're doing – it's not quite a virtual tour. So it's like a minute little clips here and there, and they'll talk about something. 
They'll talk about a yeah. subject from one of their tours. They'll be standing on the premises, so they'll be like up on the deck or something like that, looking out over from the visitor center. And uh, so, and then they'll end with a trivia question. And so, and the next day they'll answer the trivia question, then then talk about something else, and then give you another trivia question. It's pretty cool. They're kind of neat little things that you know they know. Most of these places have closed down their tours and their visitor centers for the most part, and uh, it's just kind of a, a cool way to. You know, everyone's trying to deal with these things in their own way and try to do something unique to keep people interested. Um, yeah. So I, I thought that was kind of a neat thing that they're doing. So I don't, if you haven't had a chance to yeah. check this out, go to their Instagram page and and uh, and check them out. They're pretty cool. So just little trivia tidbits that are kind of neat. And then, um, you know, there's uh, what's his name um, from uh, Wild Turkey is doing the same thing. Uh, they've they've got Jimmy, the man behind the bourbon, Jimmy Russell. You know, uh, yeah. so they're doing some video stuff too. So they've got like uh, I don't know. They're basically doing like these curated uh, videos of Jimmy Russell, and they're basically kind of giving you just more information about him. It's just kind of neat. So they're they're all trying to do some different things, and I think it's kind of cool. So nice, I like it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if everyone everyone's a little bit more on social media lately, like I've I've noticed, I've got some people that are responding to some of my stuff immediately on social media, who would have <laughs> never probably ever even responded at all, and they're responding like right right away. It's just kind of funny. Yeah. So. Well, you got to stop posting stuff at eleven o'clock at night. Well, I'm trying, but like you know, I've got so much stuff going on. Like yesterday, sure. I posted early just to try to avoid that to see what would happen, and I was. Like I'll get a hundred likes a day later. Yesterday I had a hundred likes by the end of the day because I posted yeah. earlier and people are yep. stuck at home. So I should probably post earlier. You're, you're probably right. So, well, I mean, people are staying up a little bit later too. So it's not, it's not bad, but did I, did I tell not... you I'm getting good feedback on our last episode? Your little, uh, your rant on no. your toes and your, and your pillow sex. No, what pillows? I forgot about the pillow sex part. What was that? <laughs> you were talking about how you guys were about to make babies, and the and she didn't notice that the pillows that you didn't notice that the pillows were all fluffed or something like that. <laughs> oh my god! Put that in there? <laughs> I didn't put it in there. You put it in there. I didn't take it out. <laughs> you didn't edit that out. No, that was great. We're getting good response from that. People actually enjoyed that conversation, and it's one of our more listened to uh, episodes. So, how many people have listened? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look, man. Well, thank God Jillian hasn't listened. So our most listened to episode is up to eighty-five uh, listens right now. So that's pretty cool. That's not huge. Like it's not big numbers or anything like that. But it's you know considering we were getting like fifteen in the first like five six weeks, that's kind of yeah. cool to see. So. No, that's great. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention: all of our uh, all of our glassware that we're drinking out of right now is brought to you uh, by uh, DistilleryProducts.com. So we have a Kinsey Dram it says Bourbon Hunters on it. It's laser etched. Uh, I looks, love it. So looks far. really nice. Yeah. So it's a little bit different than we already had a whole bunch of Glencairn. So I wanted to do something different. The Kinsey Drams uh, were what I went with this on that. These sit in the hand. Yeah, I like better. it. Yeah, the way it sits in the hand. With the Kinsey, the uh, Glencairns, you almost have to hold it at the she bottom. Said. Yeah. With the Glencairns, you kind of have to hold it at the bottom. Yeah. And with these, you kind of get a little bit more of a grip on it. I kind of like that. Yeah, you just, you set it in there. Yeah, I have a finger underneath, a finger at the base, and then a finger over the hump, you know? It's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Got a good grip on oh. it. 
All right. So uh, I think this was good. Uh, we got up to about 50 minutes here, so there's probably 10 minutes of me troubleshooting your uh, Zoom call. So we've got a good quarantine quickie here. Mm. So uh, let's go ahead and put a bow on it and uh, wrap this one up. I think the the conclusion is here is that the single barrel is better than the small batch from both of us. Uh, at least that's our opinions. And um, it's probably a little more whether your opinion or not of uh, whether or not the single barrel is worth $20 more than the small batch. I think we both feel like it is. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that'll be something that you have to determine yourself. So if you see a single barrel out there, I would probably go ahead and uh, snatch it up and see uh, see what you think. So uh, I am uh, Jude Poole and... I'm Tyler Schaefer. And he is distracted as shit, as always, in his damn phone. So cheers. I responded, fucker. You did, like five cheers. seconds later. <laughs> you make for great radio, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining in, and uh, we'll be back in uh, a week or so. Have a good sure. one. Thank you for joining in for another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review at any of the sites where you're listening to the podcast. Also, find us on Instagram and Facebook. And when you do, join in to the conversations, post your pics of your daily drinkers, and then let us know how you feel about any of the pours that you're having. <laughs>